Hey there, welcome back to another episode of MVP Business Podcast, where we showcase leaders who live through their mission, vision, and passion. I'm your host, Steph Silver, founder of Vine Collective, a leadership development, branding, and marketing agency. Today's guest is Craig Tennant, founder and breakthrough coach. Craig is passionate about helping people live more fulfilling lives. Craig, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome, Steph. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So Craig, tell me about your history and what got you started and confident in this path of helping other people find their passions. Well, about 20 years ago, I was uh, somewhere along the journey of my professional career uh, implementing software, uh, software services. Mm -hmm. And I started uh, to get connected to personal development. I went to a training one weekend. Uh, someone I was in a relationship with said, hey, go do this thing I just did. It's really cool. And I started to look inside. I was asked questions that were thought-provoking, that were emotion-provoking. And uh, I, I found a passion for that on that weekend. And I started to spend time volunteering in this organization going once a month and leading people through process, through discussions to discover deeper truths about what was working and what wasn't working in their life. And so I had, uh, that was really great because as I did that, as I helped other people, I was learning about myself. And so I was showing up more confidently, more authentically, and that started having a great impact on my career. I started having more responsibility, being able to lead people more effectively, which, you know, which came with uh, more compensation. And so I was really having a great experience leading teams, uh, implementing these software solutions. And as time went on, the passion for what I had working with the people about what was really going on for them just kept building and building. I just really loved it. And I couldn't figure out a way how I was going to make a living doing that because I knew the stuff that I knew in the world of software and I knew how to make money doing that. It was a job and I just, I couldn't see. And so what happened is over time, there's sort of this, this uh, gap kept increasing between, uh, you know, what I really wanted to do and what I was doing and the work that I was doing got less enjoyable for me. Mm -hmm. The people were great, but what we were focusing on was the thing, the piece of software. We weren't focused on, hey, how are you doing today? And that's really what was intriguing to me. And so fast forward, uh, I mean, it got, it got to the point where I began to dread going into work. For me, it was traveling. I got on airplanes and traveled around the country and visited different companies. And it got, that got old, but just the work that I was doing, it was the wrong focus for me. And I knew I was betraying myself in some way. And I think that was probably the worst part about it. Like I knew there was something bigger for me, but I couldn't figure out how to get to it. Right. And I think a lot of people have that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so fast forward to about six and a half years ago and my phone rang one day and it was my brother calling me. And I hadn't talked to him in a while. He was kind of running a little bit, you know, like not staying in touch. And uh, I was a little surprised when the phone rang with his name showing up on it. But I answered the phone 
And it was his partner telling me that my brother had just died two hours earlier from a heart attack. Sorry. And so that changed everything yeah. for me in that one moment. And it turned out that um, just a couple of days later, I had been scheduled to go to a training, to facilitating skill training, to learn more how to work with people, to learn a specific set of processes. And uh, circumstances were that I could still go. They weren't going to have a service for a little while. And I went into this training, and I had my mortality staring me right in my face. And he was actually, uh, he was my stepbrother. We had been together for 35 years, so he's my, he's my brother. Mm-hmm. But he was only just about a year older than me. And so that, he was 52, I was 51. And so I had that. And then in this workshop, I got to look at some of the deeper underlying risks that were keeping me from really going after what I wanted. Yeah. And in that, in that training that I was in with that mortality and, and that, that really seeing the risk clearly, I stuck a stake in the ground. And I, I came back, I was a shareholder in the company. It was a boutique uh, software services consulting, about a $12 million company. I had a share of the company. And I came back and spoke to the CEO and said, you know, my plans will be changing. I don't know when, probably in the next couple of years, I'll be leaving to go do something else. And that was part of my declaration. And um, it took about three and a half years before things lined up and I was ready. There was still risk for me to take that step. And so I gave my notice and that was at the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. And I found it engaging breakthroughs with my partner in life and also in facilitation. She's a coach and a facilitator. Her name is Montine. And um, just recently we brought on another person to work with our clients because we work with people around their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now is a lot of the work that we're doing. So I do more coaching around confidence, around leadership, around how to show up confidently and authentically. Some of the things that I've learned over my years of facilitating other programs. Uh, And then Brandy, who just joined us, is working with people on their resume, LinkedIn, and really sort of partnering with them to create connections she knows she's a 20 plus year recruiter so uh it's really been just a blast and i love the work that i do i just uh, had a coaching call with one of my clients this morning a 48 year old woman who uh has been an hr professional for many years and she's stuck and she's looking ahead and she doesn't know how she's going to finish her career she doesn't want to do something that sucks the life out of her she has no way of knowing how to get there. And I get to work with her to figure that out. That's fun. So I know I just shared a lot, but that's, uh, that's basically my story uh, up until now. Up until now, absolutely. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I, I, mean, I love a lot about that story, and, and I, I like that on your uh, website, you, you call it the hero's journey, which means a lot to me, Joseph Campbell, and the, the, the concept of we all are all on our own hero's journey. So I love that you, you phrase it like that on your website. Um, and, and it's important to share it. One of the things that um, resonates with me in that is that you, you said you were 51 uh, when, 
when you changed, when you decided to, to go. Um, and obviously it took a, like a big uh, life change or um, in order to, to uh, spark that um, confidence in yourself. I think one of the things that I look back on in my life is um, I remember, I remind myself of this all the time when I was in high school thinking about the options that I had. Um, nobody that I knew that was in my family went to college. I guess the only people that I knew that went to college were the teachers. Um, so that was one option. Um, but I thought about, okay, well, I could be a doctor, you know, like what's going to make a lot of money, what, what seems successful. And I kept thinking and I reminded myself that doctors and lawyers have to go to school for eight years, at least. There's no way I'm going to have that much time to wait to be successful. I thought when I was 16. <laughs> and um, I love that I have role models in my life that discover their passion at age 40, at 50, at, you know, and that's, and, you know, of course they have fun and they have their journey and they have their big trenches that they have to go through. Um, yeah. But then, you know, you think that when you're in your twenties, that you're going to, that's when you find yourself when you find your passion and you have all of these, you know, big life experiences, but it takes sometimes all of that and that knowledge and foundation to get you to that place. Of, of knowing what is true and valuable in your heart. So I love that that's part of your story and that you get to share that. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel sad. You probably experienced my sadness talking about Billy mm -hmm. and yet, and yet it's a gift for me every day because it's a reminder, you know, my LinkedIn profile says I keep my mortality in front of me as a way of sharpening my sword of discrimination. Yeah. It, it helps me to make better decisions about what's really important right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I lost both of my parents separately within eight months of each other a year and a half, two years ago. And um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. It has definitely changed me. And I feel like um, I can only talk about this with certain people and the millions that might hear it on YouTube and podcast, but um, I feel comfortable talking about it with you. So right now it feels like a one-on-one -on -one conversation that um, I felt like there was an energy shift when my, cause my mom passed first and I felt like there was an energy shift when she realized that she was sick. She didn't tell anybody she had cancer. She didn't even really know it, but she knew that something was really wrong. And I felt like there was an energy shift with her that affected me at the same time uh, that I went from, I can't, I'm not good enough, not smart enough, you know, all those things that you work with your clients on. I went through all that in my head. And then with the passing of my mom thought, not only am I good enough, smart enough, I can, but I should, and I need to, because why would I not live my life happily in the moments that I have? Because you never know. There's nothing tangible. You own nothing. You have nothing, including your own body, right? Um, it's not yours. It's to just have. a rental. It's a rental. You borrow it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow, we started off deep. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how I roll. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I'm going to comment on that, that we, we kind of got in deep and 
you know, one of the things that I've had to learn over time is how to manage my energy because of the work that I do. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, I work with clients where, like, for example, I just came through three sessions with a client that were pretty intense looking at, looking back at a very challenging relationship, professional relationship with a boss over the course of the last eight months or something like that. And, you know, it's intense. It brings up a lot of emotions. So today we met and it was like, we're just going to talk about some easy stuff, like to really, you know, slow it down sometimes because I do get into, you know, oftentimes with issues of confidence or lack of clarity, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that get needs to get unwound to be able to get to the, to the deeper truth. So yeah, I, I, it's kind of a comfortable, comfortable space for me to be in to talk about this kind of stuff. It's a comfortable space for me to be in as well. I, I really enjoy um, talking about all aspects of life and, and I feel like they are important in business. Um, one of the things that I found most interesting in starting my own business uh, is that you know, I hired a coach. And I was certain, I, I had never had a coach before or a mentor or anything like that, but I was certain that they were going to keep me on track, tell me what to do, hold me accountable, and you know, say like, we, to- we talked about doing this last week, did you do it, you know, that kind of thing. And luckily, I found a coach that is somewhere between coach and therapist. It sounds like you are as well. <laughs> Excuse me. And so a lot of times we'll start he starts off with like how how are you feeling about things not what did you do last week or you know how how are things how are you feeling why do you feel that way what makes you think that that's your truth um and then you know sometimes he'll give me homework that is spend time by yourself spend time you know you know meditating or journaling or you know like you said getting to your truth of you know why are things this way Um, what's holding you back what's pushing you forward those types of things. So tell me a little bit about um, your process in um, helping people to, to find that confidence and that truth. Yeah, that's a great question. Because it's a really unique challenge, challenge to do that, right? It's sort of a very interesting canvas in which to work. Mm-hmm. I've got this person and they're talking and I've got to figure out how do I help them go from some belief that's like a feeling that shows up as a feeling that I can't I'm not to like a belief, a knowing that shows up as a physical feeling of, of space or relaxation or openness or joy or something like that. And so, um, you know, I was fortunate to come across a set of a methodology called shadow work that was it's a it's a model and it's a set of processes that were developed over 25 years ago and it's a you know it's 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 an approach it's a it has a script it has a way it's a lot of questions and um it uses what they call a gestalt uh psychodrama in a way it's based on some work where we sort of get parts out. We externalize what's going on inside of someone. We externalize it in some way by, by sort of like, well, you have all this noise going on, but there's really this part and that part and this part and this part. 
And then we do some things that you have to really experience to know around working with those parts and, and helping and in, in the way that we work with those parts, they get to see something from a different point of view. And that different point of view is usually a deeper truth. And then we have a way of helping them sort of know, like they know, everyone knows what the truth is for themselves. And all I do is help them unwind it and then make a choice to shift it if they're ready to shift it. Mm -hmm. And so we work with some concepts like the shadow came from Carl Jung. Mm -hmm. And the shadow is that part of me that I hide, repress, and deny. So it's basically working with some stuff that's not really in their, in their uh, consciousness. Mm -hmm. And as I work with people, they, they have discoveries of truths that they weren't aware of. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes there's a real emotional impact mm -hmm. when that happens. So and it's that emotional impact is where the shift can occur. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a lot of um, discovering the narrative and rewriting the narrative, the, the like mental thought, uh, the stories that, that people tell themselves. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's, it's about getting clear on, you know, People know like there's something not working or I'm stuck, but when they get to the truth that like, oh, what I really, what I'm really telling myself is that um, it's too late. Right. For you. It's too late for you. And that message, like, I don't know where it came from and I don't know where, how to shift it. But when I really stop and connect in and get connected to that little whisper, that's mm -hmm. kind of making me not feel well. It's telling me it's too late for you. And that's a very sad fate belief that mm -hmm. someone holds. That's just an example. Or, yeah. You know, so like anything, so an analogy I have is there's sort of an operating system that gets put online when, when we're young. And now, many years later, that operating system may be out of date. So we just need to update. We need to do some updates to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've been um, having a lot of discussions. Well, of course, so why well, I didn't say this in the beginning, but you know, we're having this con this conversation in the context of COVID, COVID and social unrest and uh, protests and and all these different things. And um, so I mentioned that because um, I'd been having these conversations before, but they're they're even more. Um, uh, interesting now to think about um, social constructs and the um, the patterns we get in and that we tell ourselves to be truths because we see them in other places and with other people and so maybe it's your societal system that got you into a belief system that is no longer true for you or that doesn't really align with your truth uh, and like breaking out of that or becoming okay with your own voice um, you know, those, those are challenges that we all have, but especially now with social media and it's, it seems like there's an ease of finding your truth because you see other people doing it. You know what I mean? Like somebody, you have all these people that are constantly saying like, this is what I did to discover. And I'm, you know, I'm 100% where I want to be and I'm on the beach and having all this, you know, great time and everybody loves me. Um, versus the reality of, Yes, I discovered my truth, um, but I still challenge. I still, you know, uh, struggle through and with it. 
every day. Or, you know, yes, I have this, like, you know, me, like I have a podcast and a business and all this stuff, but it doesn't mean that I don't struggle and challenge and question myself on a regular basis as well. Um, so I say all that just to say that um, it, it, the idea of having a coach or uh, a, a mentor or going through the processes that, that you help people go through, you don't necessarily have to know that you're on the brink of wanting to do something else or be you know, in the depths of despair somewhere to um, find great value and transformational change in having the types of conversations that you walk people through right. at any time in your life. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. I do, I do believe that most of the people that come to me for what I do, my, my private coaching have, you know, some, they're, they're in some kind of a crisis or have been in crisis um, in some way. And, and there's a, there's a real urgency to get some support. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, it's more juicy that way. I think there's something I enjoy about that, <laughs> but it's also, it's part of the challenge. One of the things I've noticed on the private coaching is that my clients are really generally, really, really smart, really thinkers. You know, I work with people, I have a, you know, a PhD in electrical engineering who designs memory chips. I have a guy that designs hard drives for a big computer manufacturer down in my Austin. Round Rock area, <laughs> uh, you know, just like really smart people who have been successful and they, there's most things they have gone for, they've been able to get, but there's one thing here that they can't navigate and they can't see it and they've got a blind spot. So I work with people on blind spots a lot. Mm -hmm. And then there's another, there's another aspect of our business that we've developed. We have an offering actually for team engagement. Mm -hmm. So we've done some work with and, and we're not, it's not the focus. And this comes back to the, the idea of the passion, what's really passionate and making choices and focusing them with the thing that I really love. So I love, really love working with individuals. Um, but a business needs to look at different ways of making money, I think. It, while, while helping. And so I brought in Brandy to help with people around networking, which is not something I enjoy at all. But it, meet, it meets a need that my clients have, and she loves to do that. So I'm helping her do what she loves to do. Mm -hmm. And then I have this, we have this other Teams program, and one of the reasons why I don't focus on that and really like make that the business is because uh, you know, when I moved to Tex Texas, I learned that you can't push a rope. And that situation, there's, you know, first of all, the, the, the person at the top must be really on board and willing to look at themselves, the person responsible for the team. Mm -hmm. But you have a lot of, you can tend to have a lot of people on the team that are not, they're pushing back. They're not interested in having you know, change or having difficult conversations to get to a good result. And so that work is less appealing to me. And I made a conscious decision to, to do that only when I think it's a good, really good company. Yeah. So that's just something that just popped up for me as we were talking about the idea of like really following the bliss, Joseph Campbell, where you follow your bliss and doors will open for you that won't otherwise open for others. And 
Right. That's been probably the thing that I've done the most of in the last two years that's been the hardest for me to do as part of the struggle of going from having worked in a job for 30 years to running my own, to creating my own thing. My doubt was real high along that way. You talked about it earlier. The last two years were probably the most challenging two years of my life and the most rewarding, like by far. I am so like, you have no idea how happy I am to be having this conversation and, and having had the experiences I've had the last two years. And the business really started taking off. And, you know, like, it, it was kind of a slow go. Last fall, it really started moving. The beginning of this year was great. We had a gap, and then it's picked right. I mean, we just had our best month ever in, in May. I was going to ask, have you noticed any big changes in your clients uh, or in the types of new clients that are coming to you as um, the pandemic uh, has taken hold? Not really. No? No, I think that, um, so uh, Brandy just joined us. Brandy PT is her name. She just joined us. And so uh, I'm helping with bringing some people for her to talk to. And so that's new for our business. And those folks are all people that have been laid off or have been looking and you know, there's a little more energy and urgency around getting a job in this, in the current climate with, with COVID-19. But as far as the clients that I'm coaching, um, you know, uh, they're kind of the same. They're, you know, one of my clients is an assistant district attorney who's like, you know, in a prestigious position and then um, just came to me recently. And you know, they all, they all seem to, the ones that are coming to me all seem to have, like, I'm stuck somewhere. There's somewhere where I'm stuck mm-hmm. or not confident. Yeah. You help them get unstuck. Yeah. And we actually, we had, um, we had a deal in place. We had signed, we had enrolled, we had a, an agreement in principle to enroll a client to do our team program. Mm-hmm. Actually a connection that I had to a European based company that had a, that has a plant somewhere in Ohio. And they wanted us to work with their leadership team, the plant manager and, the, and the, all of the people running the plant there. And, uh, you know, I think we sent them the statement of work and the next day everything shut down. So, you know, that may pick back up, but that's certainly an impact because we were going to do that project. We liked that company. We thought they had already invested in some leadership development for their leaders. The, the person I'm working with on it has been doing private coaching for them. So we knew like that they're, they're already looking at themselves. They're already more open. So we really checked it out and thought, you know, we can, I can be successful here and have an impact. And I like the way they're showing up. So that, that was impacted by COVID. That's, that's uh, been put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had some things pause. Um, there's been a lot more room and time and need for that introspection, I think, is the biggest difference for me um, personally as a business owner that I've allowed myself. 
I felt like a panic, a panic in the very beginning of, oh my gosh, how am I going to handle this? And then I had to just jump into helping my clients determine how they were going to shift their businesses. And, um, you know, and then that, that provided a sense of joy and accomplishment. And then my coach, uh, you know, allowed me, or, you know, I guess showed the mirror of, you're, you're doing, you're doing well, like, you know, stop, slow down. You don't need, you don't need to panic anymore. Just let this, you know, take this time to be. And, and so, yeah, uh, taking the time to kind of slow down and look at what values the, you know, slowing down and being home brings. I'm a very much an extrovert. So um, it's painful for me to be, I was so tired this morning. And then I was like, I don't know if I can do, I have a presentation and a podcast, but those are the things that pet me up. That's exactly what I need to, um, to get energy. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's all, it's, there've been times where I've been close to depression and that's not a, an emotion that I'm familiar with. That's not something that is, you know, natural occurrence for me. Um, and so, so I've had to kind of figure out and learn myself, uh, in this new environment and also the concept of, um, how did I put it the other day? It, it feels like, um, there's no right decision right now as far as like direction of growth or where to invest or um, you know where to invest time and do I let the kids play with that kid or you know um, you know there's no right decision and so that's kind of played into the concept of how do I process how do I process things and what, what is my way of thinking? What's holding me back? What's getting me anxious? Is this worth spending the time and energy on? Um, and I think that's been really interesting to slow down and allow myself to think about those things. Cause I am also kind of more of an anxious person. So I would just go, 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 go and not allow myself the time to process. So that's been something that's interesting for me to, to learn from and hopefully carry forward when life becomes whatever life becomes right yeah that's beautiful don't go anywhere i'm just taking a short break to thank one of our sponsors 5d show services 5D is a full-service trade show, display, graphics, and services company with over 30 years of experience. They partner with companies of all sizes to help plan and execute the best trade shows and events on time and on budget. I've worked with Danny at 5D for over 15 years and continue to be impressed with the level of service and quality he and his team provide. For more information on their capabilities, visit 5dshowservices.com. That's the number 5D showservices.com so tell me about your business you said the last couple of years um you have been the happiest is it what is it that you think brings you that joy right now right now or in the last couple of years as you mentioned earlier well, I'm going to say uh, I'm a lot. Think things are a lot easier for me right now than they have been over the last the course of the last couple of years, okay. because I I I 
had to go through something. Mm. I went through my hero's journey. That last two years was a part of my hero's journey. And the hero's journey says that, you know, there's things are going along, there's a calling. Well, and then, and then I, I enter the forest at the most dark, the darkest place, right? And part of the journey is going into that dark place. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my mentors says is there's something about being betrayed. I have this ideal of how things are going to be when I go on that quest to create that thing. And then it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I just said that because it reminded me what I've been really learning And I think what I've gotten so much better at in the last couple of years is how I deal with disappointment, discouragement, when things don't go the way that I hope they'll go, right? So right now, the joy is I've I've got a a functioning business, you know, that's that's making money. That's good. Yeah, like that's part of the deal, right? And um, uh, and yet the thing that I, you know, as I have like these kinds of conversations or what I do most of the time is I'm talking to people like this. And and the great thing for me is I was already working on Zoom. I already figured that out some time ago, and that has allowed me to work with people all over the world. And I know how to do the coaching that I do on Zoom, so it's great. And so that didn't change for me. I didn't have to figure all that out as we got into it. Mm-hmm. And I think my clients became much more uh, open. You know, like I think people are more open to doing Zoom now because they've got to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, like uh, the the thing that I love is, you know, the way to describe that is telling stories about my clients and, you know, what, what they experience, it's the result. And so Emily came to me in December, really quiet. I work with introverted professionals, oftentimes sole contributors wanting to be leaders. But I'm an introvert and introverts come to me and I can work with them. And she came to me and she was just not confident. And she had been looking for a job for a year, a younger, a young, early thirties, mother of two. And she was discouraged and disappointed and her confidence was low. And, um, you know, it took some, took some working. And two weeks ago, she accepted a position doing the work that she wanted to do. She, she said four things about it on, on the recommendation that she made. But when I talk to her, it's like talking to a different person. Mm. And so I get to see the, the the real thing that drives me is to see someone coming in and like, I can't, it's too hard. I don't know. I can't. And to see them taking steps, like I just aced that. I just got that. And like, hang on a second world, like what you were talking about, like you made a conscious decision on your own to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this. Mm-hmm. And you had motivation but that's the thing that's why you know like that's totally different than the result of hey we got the software implemented mm-hmm. and the people that are using it you know it may they may make their job better but they're still miserable because they're miserable anyway <laughs> yeah right right 
So none of that ever changed on the software uh, implementation. And, you know, we, I, I, I got good results. My clients loved to work with me. I was, I, I did a good job there. And, um, you know, there's always issues there. But this is different for, to see this, this, this woman, you know, I, I notice when I talk to my clients, usually it's only a few months before, you know, like sometimes it's a few months worth of regular work together, but there's a shift from, you know, lack of confidence to like beaming. Right. That, that's why I do it. You know what I've found, and one of the reasons why I'm really excited about bringing um, leadership to the top, uh, leadership development to the top of the funnel of Vine Collective um, is that people go through, you know, those transformational times in their lives, whether it's with help from someone like you or maybe a parent or another mentor or a friend. Um, and then they jump in and they make a big decision, bold decision, and it's exciting and it's fun. And then it's hard. And then they struggle. And like you said, they go through the dark forest. And sometimes it's hard to see that you made the right decision or that this there is an end to the jungle <laughs> you know when you get lost in there or sometimes you get out and you see the waterfall and you you know it's like wow yeah this is beautiful but i can't stay here either i've got to keep going and so then you have to go back into the jungle and so the concept of you know leadership or uh leadership training leadership guidance and um coaching and um you know, transformational thought processing on an ongoing basis, I think is something that that's lacking in most organizations. You know, they might, you might get somebody to that point of beaming confidence, but how, but how do you keep them there or coming back? Because they're all, you know, everybody's going to ebb and flow. Like I heard someone say recently that, um, you know, being an entrepreneur is like being on a roller coaster. There's always, you know, ups and downs. And sometimes the, the downs are really far, but you hope that you'll come up fast and go up higher. Uh, and you just know that there's going to be a down as somewhere else. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, one of the things I'd like to say is just about, that I, didn't, I didn't include a part of the hero's journey, which is when, when I go into that darkest part of the forest, I'm going to face... Uh, dragons, which are my own dragons. So there's, there's also being in that darkness that the dragons are there. And I think the dragons are the, really the, the dragon for me is you're not enough. You don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of a message that I've had to work through a lot of. And um, so there was a number of points over the last couple of years where, you know, a number of days where I would have said, I think I'm about done with this. I'm going to go get a job somewhere. Mm -hmm. and, and so that does happen. Um, so the question that you asked me was about how do you know, they get to the confidence? How do they kind of keep from sliding back, if you will? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's two, two things. Number one is, um, you know, there are cycles of growth. And so... <clears throat> I think people are always going to uh, have that desire and the opportunity to grow more. So I might work through one thing and, and then 
there's a, the, the other thing to work through. So people are going to come back and get support in cycles. Usually I work with someone for a few months, maybe they'll go away and we'll come back and we'll work on something else that's in the way. But I think the nature of the work that I do, and I apologize, there's some noise in the background here. I don't know if you can hear it or not. <sighs> Now I have kids back uh, here too, so okay. okay great. <laughs> so the no, the work that I do, you know, it's it's really I'll call it delicate and precise, and it's it 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 deals so much with a with a, a, a deeper truth that's not present for the person that when we get to it and shift it, uh-huh. that shift is more of a permanent shift. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, I won't say it's permanent, but it's absolutely. And so, for example, one of the things that um, Emily wrote in her testimonial was, I even, nego- you know, I was not confident when I showed up with Craig. And when I just got, when I just got this job offer, I negotiated it in a way that I never would have. And Craig and I never spoke about negotiation. Mm-hmm. And she said, what happened was I changed a fundamental belief that I was holding about myself in my, that it was back here. And I was able to shift it in such a way that that fundamental belief just gave me confidence. Mm -hmm. So the way that I work with people has more of a lasting result to it. It doesn't mean that people won't come back, that that wound might need some more work. Cause it's all just wounding mm-hmm. people take on as young people. We take on wounding messages, like because of the way that things go on. And um, so that's, that's how I would answer that question. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's a great question because going back to, to my story of what flipped, it was really just essentially, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. And it was a combination of being at a Austin Woman Magazine event and hearing their journeys. Um, and a couple of employees that had worked for me for decades saying, I couldn't, uh, there's no way I could do this without you. And I'm like, you're the one that has the talent. I don't, you know, I was my thought, like, I don't do anything. They said, there's no way I could do my thing without you doing your thing. And I thought, oh, have value, <laughs> you know, just, and, and there's all these, you know, things came to be that shifted the core foundation of my belief system. Yeah. So now when I question myself, it doesn't get deep enough to say you're truly not smart enough and you're truly not good enough to do these things. I might question, did I make that right decision or, you know, other things, but it doesn't get to the, the depth of, what it was before because i've overcome that you know i've filled that hole (laughs) and uh and now so those foundational doubts are gone Mm -hmm. yeah i like that a lot i love hearing it first of all because it's it's the same as you know it's the work that i do and like that's so beautiful one of my mentors uh says to me the voices are still there Mm-hmm. they're still telling me that I'm not good enough, but I've just learned how not to believe them so much. Mm-hmm. So I think there is something about like those messages like to stick around. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 so your your what you just shared prompted something for me about um, yeah a little bit more about how I work with people so uh, it's twofold so I come at it from two directions one is about helping them uh, discuss helping my clients talk about and discover where their value is so you talked about I could like oh, I didn't see that I had value, but these people saw that I had value. So I, work with, I worked with uh, Betsy, and Betsy, we did not do any of the deeper shadow work. We worked together for about six weeks, and Betsy was um, a 59-year-old woman who uh, knew she was going to be getting laid off, and she hadn't done a job search in many, many years, and she was terrified. And she came to me, and uh, we, we started working together and and so with her it was just um it was more about talking about the things that she loved to do and to help her to be able to describe those in a way that she believed mm. and when she could say yeah you know so how do you know that's true about you well here's a story about when i did that okay well just tell that story when you're getting interviewed you know so that kind of thing mm -hmm. and then and then I work on the other side, which is, okay, so you want to be confident and what's stopping you from, what's the message that you have, you know, what's the risk of you being confident? We talk about risk a lot. I mentioned that in my story about what I learned and the process that we use, the tool, the lever that I use is around looking at the underlying risk because that's really that resistance. If you have resistance to doing something, like I know I should be doing that, yeah, like uh, I don't want to go look at the bank account because there might not be a lot of money in it or mm -hmm. something like, you know what I mean? Those things that I avoid doing, there's really an underlying risk and that risk is like some bad thing is going to happen. So we do a lot of work with re reframing risks and that's a very deep thing, mm -hmm. believe it or not. And the fear associated with it. Yeah. One of the things that I've realized recently is um, the fear of overcoming your routines or giving up certain pieces of your routines, even when it feels like, well, you know, like you said, what you should be doing, whether it's getting up early to meditate or to work out or, you know, things that don't have a lot of risk, but why are you fearing it? Why are you avoiding it? What's, what's you know, keeping you from overcoming and changing those, those patterns? Right. And it could be that it's not important enough to you, or it could right. be that there's a big risk to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You the know, value. And and say it again. The value isn't high enough, your perceived value. Uh-huh. Or sometimes there's just some annoying message that's back there whispering, like, you know, you're just a loser. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean... I was just talking to this is I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day. It's interesting. I talk to friends and oftentimes, you know, there's work done. Mm -hmm. Because the things that I generally have conversations about what's going on for you and how you're doing and that we talk and I this part of my support is having people I can talk to about what's going on for me. Mm -hmm. and I you know, I don't I, I do some of that with my clients. I actually check in about where I am with my clients and I'm honest with them if I'm you know, this might not be my best day to guide you through this process because I'm struggling a little bit over here. And it just keeps it more real for me. It's part of the way that I want to be is just to be authentic and not mm -hmm. tell them, 
I've got it all together every single day because that's not true. But this guy and I were talking and, you know, he was able to discover that he was like seeing himself as unforgivable because of choices he made with his teenagers back before he got divorced. Yeah. And he was out of his mind and, you know, like for him to have that awareness that he was holding himself in unforgiveness was, and it wasn't in his consciousness. And we had this conversation and he was in tears, like when he realized it. And like, I haven't talked to him again, but I think there's something shifting for him now. Like, I think he's gone his way to really let cut himself some slack for being a human being and not doing it perfectly. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there, there's something to be said about um, not just not doing it perfectly, but looking back and saying, that was wrong. I didn't do that right. I was that I made a bad decision. I hurt somebody, but I can still move past it. Yeah, I'm not a bad person. I just right. made a choice of something that I prefer not to do again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been through a divorce, you know, and there's I had I went through a whole process of, you know, the early work that I did back in 2001, when I first went to the training that I went to the first training I ever did was, you know, on the heels of divorce and an impact to my eight, 10, eight to nine, you know, eight, nine year old son. And I had to go through a lot of giving myself you know like really forgiving myself and it's interesting because I had this conversation with this man the other day and it was like I never thought it would be possible I, I hadn't thought about you know um, being unforgivable for a long time I'm really able to forgive myself and even now when I make mistakes I, I just like I'll own it I'll, and I'll apologize and then let it go and that makes my life a lot easier but it's hard for a lot of people to do that. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think one of the things, you know, obviously we all try to do our best to make the best decisions with the tools that we have. There's, you know, there's moments of selfishness, there's seasons of selfishness. Um, but one of the things that I, I try to remind myself and my friends and others about is, um, the benefits of adversity, uh, you know, as far as dealing with yourself and 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 looking at how it might affect others, um, the strongest people are not the ones who have been shielded. Uh, you know, the happiest people are not the ones who've been shielded. Everybody deals with pain. Everybody deals with um, loss and grief. You know, uh, life is pain. <laughs> um, it doesn't necessarily have to be pain all the time, but there is pain. There's going to be. Um, and sometimes you may be the cause of it, you know, as a leader, as a business owner, sometimes you have to let somebody go. You may love them and they may be terrible at their job, <laughs> you know, um, and that might affect their family. You know, there's a lot, there's, sometimes there's not a clear decision. And sometimes you feel like you want to run in, in the direction of your own personal joy, but you know, it's going to hurt someone else. Um, there, there's not always easy answers but the knowledge that it's always possible to move beyond, it's always possible to find happiness later, um, if you're willing to forgive yourself and others. 
I think that's true. I think it's beautifully put and hits it right on the head. It's like, it's so important. And there's a bunch of different ways to get there. And number one is having the awareness, I think. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell me, what are you in all of this most proud of? Hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> I can feel like the, the fear come up on that one. Like, where am I going to answer that question? I don't know. Somehow that's a little risky for me. <laughs> what am I most proud of? I think I've been very unwavering in the way that I make decisions um, about following, like following what feels light for me. And it's kind of hard to explain it, but it comes down to, um, for me, paying attention to what's going on inside of me and making a choice about what to focus on, what to do um, based on what's going on inside of me. So I'm not doing things that I don't want to do. And, I'm, if, and, and if something uh, has, like, if I believe that I had to just push through something, I just stopped. Mm. And I found a way to go and redirect my energy so that the answer could come more easily. And when I went to do the thing that I was going to do, I was doing it not from a place of fear, but from a place of relaxation and confidence. Mm -hmm. um, I've been able to slow things down. So I'm proud of that for me because that's actually the, the, the biggest, the, the gift in this for me is I'm having, as I'm having a very balanced experience. I'm taking good care of myself. I'm not burning out in any way, shape or form. I go for long walks. I was doing a lot. Of, I was doing a lot of yoga up until the middle of March. Mm -hmm. actually had done like 63 out of 80 days or something. I was keeping track of it. And I built that into as a meditative practice and it was really great. Yeah. And I haven't done yoga at the studio for three months now. They're open and I'm just sort of waiting a little bit before I go back. I want to, you know, energetically check that it's a good time for me to go. Yeah. So that I'm proud of that because Really, I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself sort of the parenting, if you will, that I never got when I was a kid because they weren't in a position to do that. Mm -hmm. And so things were chaotic. I was the youngest of five and my father died in a car accident a week shy of my fourth birthday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not saying that as a sad story, yet there's an impact. Mm -hmm. And that created a lot that created a lot of anxiety for me. And I have so much more peace and relaxation now at this at this stage of my my life experience. So I'm proud of that. And because of that, th I think that is what makes the impact. I think that what's really sets me up to work with my clients the way that I work with them. I'm really effective with them because I was able to do that first for myself. And it took a couple of years to do that. And now I'm seeing the, I'm reaping the benefit of that. And my clients are. Mm -hmm. So it's this big interwoven 
thing that's hard, you know, so that's the way I would describe it. It's just, I'm, I'm proud of how I may have continued to make choices about what feels light for me. And if it feels heavy and I think I have to do it, stop. And go redirect, go take a walk, go listen to some music. No, I did that this morning. I was feeling really anxious. Yeah. And someone, um, so instead of having like in office meetings, I'm venturing out and having my first set of meetings, but they're walking in a park. <laughs> um, and I, I was confirming that, uh, that I was, ha I'm having a meeting on Friday and I thought, and they said they just got back from a, their own, you know, just by themselves walk. And I'm like, I need to do that right now. <laughs> I need to go outside be by trees, you know, be in nature, <sighs> just breathe for a minute. Um, and I felt so much better. And I, I think that's what um, the COVID, the pandemic has provided for me is like when I feel that like, the tension, that resistance, it's not necessarily that I shouldn't be doing it, but I'm not doing it right. <laughs> Something's mm -hmm. not right. Yeah. Right? So give yeah. it a minute, think about it differently, walk away, breathe, come back. But I've also been doing a little bit of meditation and yoga. Um, I do yoga at home with yoga with Adrian, who is from Austin. Um, she's on YouTube. So I've been um, consistently doing yoga three or four times a week, which is my consistent because I have kids. <laughs> Putting them to bed still it takes a lot of time. I imagine. Yeah. I tried doing the yoga at home and it just like i couldn't stay focused with it in a way how whatever it was where it just didn't work energy is different so i put on some a little bit of weight and i'm but i'll be fine as soon as i get back and i've been walking a lot and that's been the exercise for me so it's not the same as what i had with yoga and it's been conscious like it's just, I tried it like for the first two weeks I was doing their live stream you know, they had and I just did not have the same experience. And so I, I consciously chose not to do that. You know, one other thing just popped up for me around um, what we've been talking about around COVID and the impact to people and their careers and how might that impact the work that I'm doing. And I will say that one of my clients who just came to me a couple of weeks ago said that uh, this, this uh, shelter in place, uh, she's in California and said, you know, that really got her to thinking about what was important and what she wanted. And, that's when she got clear that it was time to get some support. So I do have a thought that as we, as we move here in the next few months, that there, there are more people coming who have had that experience, like what you're talking about, like, wow, there's something about really slowing down that has me looking at what I was doing. You know, like, I think there's going to be people going, I need help because now everything got spun back up. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do it that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, there'll be people there. And then I also have clients who, you know, went from, well, I've got challenges at work and I've got challenges at home. But now all of a sudden, uh, my wife and two young children and I are all home together all the time. And we've got to figure out how to take care of the kids and still do 40 hours of work. Mm 
-hmm. and they're overwhelmed from there's people I know who are absolutely overwhelmed in this you know because it's all the support they had for their families mm -hmm. and you can't some of the people are coming with that There was one good piece of advice that I heard, and I'm not going to say it exactly correctly, but the concept is, um, you know, take this time to think about all the things that you miss and what would you do more of and all the things that you don't miss. Can you cut those things out? <laughs> you know, um, and I think that's, this is, you know, an opportunity where, yeah, we're like, quickly shifted into a totally different world. I mean, for some people, they're not like they were already working from home and they were already doing Zooms like you and, you know, they were already kind of doing a lot of things. But like, do you really miss going out to restaurants? Do you really miss your book club? Or do you really miss choir? You know, a lot of people have been wanting to sing in choir and stuff like that. And they can't. Um, or are you like, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to go to choir anymore. <laughs> you know, then why were you doing it? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a lot of introspection that can and should be done. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard. <laughs> Being honest with so, yourself is hard. Yeah, yeah. So my advice to people is, you know, find, find, enroll high quality support, whether that's a family member who really can, you know, provide high quality support, or a friend, or someone like me that you, you know, invest in to get that support. You know, Nike says, just do it. And it doesn't work that way. And one component of being successful on a quest is enroll high quality support in some way, shape or form. And know the difference between high quality and not high quality for you, because mm -hmm. you know the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah. And when it's scary, when it's scary because you don't know. Mm -hmm. Someone told me recently, I just love this. They said, I don't know is the portal into my wisdom. Mm. So when I don't know, that's the way to get to my wisdom. And what it does is it spurs creativity. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. And you got to figure out something different. And it may be scary, but... If you, if I, when I can look at that, when I'm, when I'm sitting here saying, I don't know, and then I follow it up with, you know, well, that's the portal into my, into my wisdom. Okay. Okay. Great. That means we got something we can work with. It's a whole different point of view about it for me. I really like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the same thing with fear, right? If you look at it, it's the, the concept of fear and failure, you know, oh, I might fail versus I might learn something. Uh -huh. Yeah, I have a, a good friend and former co-facilitator at one of the first program that I went to there back in the early 2000s. She and I were, after a few years, we were leading some of those trainings on the, the weekend trainings that, that we did. And she, her email signature, I think to this date, still says, failure equals learning. Mm -hmm. And it's just a great reminder. So thank you for that one. Yeah, absolutely. I try to remind myself of that all the time. I have a, I have so many post-it notes where I'm like, you know, oh, that's such a great, and uh, so I like, I swap them out as my, my inspiration, but um, fail fabulously is something that I've been working on. Like if you, if you don't take big risks, then you won't have big rewards, you know, yeah. concept. So if you're going to fail, do it. <laughs>
And, and you've enrolled high quality support in your journey and you see the impact of that. And so, you know, again, that, that piece is important. It's like, if you want to go big, make sure you bring big support with you because it's, it's, it's challenging to do it alone. And almost it's like maybe 15% of people can do it without a lot of support, but most people need support in a journey like this. Yeah, and I would I would assume that those fifteen percent probably have some sort of support. They're just not acknowledging. Um, yeah. I realized really early that I need to verbally process, and if I'm not going to have a business partner, I can do that with my husband, but he's not asking the right questions, and I get frustrated. Um, or he's saying the other person is right or what, you know, whatever it is, there's a frustration there, you know, whereas um, with a, with a coach or, you know, there's some friends that I can talk to, but, you know, I can have consistent, constant, um, uh, predictable conversations that lead me down paths that I'm not predicting. So the first thing I did when COVID hit, I had a, have a client who's a, uh, also a business coach, but I know she's very different than my business coach. The way she thinks about things is very much more like sales and accountability and all that kind of stuff. So I said, okay, what am I missing? What am I not seeing? You know, I talked to Bill about my, my mental space and my journey and all that kind of stuff. And that's been really helpful. That's been what I needed, but that's, a totally different component. So now I look over here, what am I missing? What do I need to be looking at? And she got me thinking about things differently over there. But it's a, it's a conversation and it's a thought process that if you have a board of directors or, you know, a, a um, you know, other, a, even a business partner, sometimes you can go down and a ask those questions. But that third party objective you know, what do you, what are you not seeing financially? What are you not seeing emotionally? You know, what are you telling yourself? Like I, all the time, uh, my business coach, Bill Small will say, you just got excited. You just got lit up. You know, this happens in every one of our conversations that you go, you know, you talk about all this stuff that's not working. And then I ask you a question and all of a sudden you're really excited and everything's, you know, what's happening there you know, let's, let's do more of that. Let's focus on those wins and tell yourself, you know, and you know, flip the script kind of stuff. But yeah, it is interesting having, um, having those conversations. It's almost like having conversations with yourself, but mm -hmm. from an outside perspective. Right. Yeah. I think one aspect, uh, the way I look at high quality support is, there's certainly the piece of accountability in there, but I think that's the smallest piece. Yeah. You see that now? Yeah, like that, That did you do it? I asked you to do last week. That doesn't really, that's the small piece. There's affirmation support, I think is important, I think. And then there's, then there's the big thing is the, someone who can help you see what you can't see mm -hmm. and someone who can listen really well and feedback important stuff it's it's great i love how you talk about that experience of i got this from phil and this from the other uh, friend yeah so that tells me that you're you get like you get that and so i encourage your listeners to do the same thing like 
if you if you're on some kind of a quest whatever it is creating your own business or getting the next job or going from sole contributor to a leadership position you know where are you getting support for that um, I have a, a group uh, of three other people that I meet with every Monday we've been meeting on zoom for uh, about a year and a half I met them at a business training program that I uh, signed up for and went through in 2018. One's in San Francisco, one's in Seattle, one's in Portland. And every week we get together for an hour, we do a check-in and then everybody checks in for 15 minutes on their business. Mm -hmm. Celebrations, learnings, what, what am I doing this week? And what support do I want from this group? And we're sort of, it's, it's a peer group and we're not, nobody pays, but we support each other. Mm -hmm. So uh, support, support, support is gonna make, you know, especially if you're finding yourself discouraged or stuck, find your support, it'll make a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Craig. I have very much enjoyed this conversation. It's been awesome. I yeah, it was rich. It was a rich conversation. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Um, there's so much valuable content in here. Um, we may just have to do it again. <laughs> That's great. I'd love to visit with you again, Steph. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So what did you think of MVP Business? If you liked it, please subscribe and tell all your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you didn't like it, don't just leave. Let me know what I can do to improve, who you'd like to hear from, and what you'd like to learn. The mission of MVP Business is to share the strengths and struggles of leaders who have successfully grown their businesses while staying true to their mission and vision so that other entrepreneurs can follow, knowing that the path isn't easy, but the journey's worth it. If you believe in this mission, please help by living it and sharing it. In the meantime, enjoy the day and live with passion. <laughs>